Hi, everyone. You are listening to the Nip Tuck Talk Show. This is Michelle Garber, your host. And before we begin, I would like to announce that we have a new partnership with Deep Body. You can hear the Nip Tuck Talk Show there as well as view it on YouTube at www.deepbody.ca where there's lots of articles and videos on health, wellness, and cosmetic procedures. Today's episode has been previously recorded. I sat down with popular hair loss specialist, Dr. Alan Bauman from the Bauman Medical Group in Boca Raton, Florida. And we're going to be talking about eyelash transplants as well as eyelash loss. So please stay tuned. This very thick bombshell mascara, which is waterproof and is very, very uh, thick and clumpy. And if, if you don't, use something uh, oil-based to remove it, it can really stick and, and even stick to your fingers and stick to your cloths and things like that. And, and when you go to remove the mascara, if your lashes are really, really weak, then you could actually just pull them out. Welcome to the Nip Tuck Talk Show, Be Beautiful Not Botched, with your host, beauty expert and plastic surgery coach, Michelle Garber. Navigating the world of beauty is confusing. Join us as we explore the truth behind the hype of plastic surgery, beauty products, medical aesthetic devices, and more. Listen to hot topics, beauty tips, and intimate talk with the world's leading medical and beauty industry experts. Get the insider scoop on the latest medical technologies in the world of beauty. Take a journey with real patients as they discuss their plastic surgery experiences. We'll cover everything you need to know to empower you to make the safest beauty and plastic surgery choices. Here's your host, Michelle Garber. So today I'm delighted to finally have Dr. Alan Bauman with us, and we're going to talk about eyelash transplants for cosmetic reasons. Hi, Dr. Bauman. Hey, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm glad we could finally get this organized. Yes, I'm glad to have you on. Dr. Alan Bauman, founder and medical director of the Bauman Medical Group. He's a full-time hair transplant surgeon and hair loss expert. Dr. Bauman was recently on the Howard Stern Show. He's been featured on The Doctor, CNN, Today Show, among others. Thank you. Well, thanks, Michelle. I heard you on the Howard Stern Show. Um, That was very interesting. I think, does he or doesn't he? What do you think? Oh, well, I didn't know you were going to go there. Yes, I I think he definitely, (laughs) I I don't think his hair is real. And I've said that, I I suggested to him on the show. And, um, you know, that's just my thoughts. I'm not here to call out celebrities or anything like that. I just, I asked him, I gave him the opportunity to kind of, you know, give us a little bit of insight into his, into his hair. And, uh, you know, I wanted to know, you know, what his thoughts were. And, um, you know, he quickly changed the subject, so take it as you will. He deflected. All right, yeah, we're bit. not going to talk about Howard Stern this morning. We're going to talk about okay. eyelashes and Yeah, because that, 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 that path went a little bit uh, down below the belt, if you know what I mean. So right before the show, we were talking about um, this woman, Amy who's been all over the news because she had used mascara that um, and her eyelashes came out in big clumps. So we have a tendency, I think, to abuse our eyelashes. You know, we, we perm them. We use false eyelashes. We use very thick mascara. We use um, eyelash extensions. And all of that damages our eyelashes, right? 
Well, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, you, you, and I, you can't blame Amy or any other woman for wanting to have beautiful, thick, luscious lashes or, or beautiful eyebrows. I mean, that's, that's part of beauty. And uh, you see it in Hollywood. You see it on the street. You see it in the mall. You see it in the magazines. Uh, it's, it's all part of, of, of our beauty culture. So, you know, women have been trying to fix their eyebrows, eyelashes, and so forth since the beginning of recorded history. You know, there's like ancient Egyptian uh, hieroglyphics on how they made mascara or something similar to makeup, you know, around their eyes. So this is not something new. But, um, but this kind of work, I mean, this kind of, of habit can certainly cause some damage. Well, it seems like there's been a really big focus on eyelashes over the years, especially with Latisse that came out, and then there's other manufacturers that claim their product will enhance their eyelashes, and and we know that Latisse is the only product that will actually grow your lashes, but, you know, a lot of people don't want to use that. So there has been a lot of focus on eyelashes and thick eyelashes and long eyelashes. There's a, like you say, there's a wide variety of things that we can do. You mentioned Latisse. That's a, a, a chemical, a, a pharmaceutical agent that you put on the eyelid, and that can help keep the lashes in a growth phase for a longer period of time. And so your lashes will, look, will eventually grow longer and thicker and darker. Um, we have the eyelash transplants, which can restore density to lost eyelashes. And, you know, but, but many times, I mean, sometimes the damage is just temporary. You know, Amy came to us and she had used this very thick bombshell mascara, which is waterproof and is very, very uh, thick and clumpy. And if if you don't use something uh, oil-based to remove it, it can really stick and and even stick to your fingers and stick to your your cloths and things like that. And, And when you go to remove the mascara, if your lashes are really, really weak, then you could actually just pull them out, and that's what happened to her. So when you're using mascara... And, you know, sometimes mascara is so thick and your eyelashes stick together. Mm. And, you know, some people try to comb them apart. I mean, what is the best way to remove that mascara? Or do you recommend that women don't really use that type of mascara? Well, I, I think they should, if they're going to use, I mean, there's reasons to use waterproof and thicker mascara, obviously. You know, it could have a better cosmetic effect for, for many women. But you have to understand the properties of that. If it's, if it's waterproof, you're going to have to use something oil-based to take it off. And there are eye, eye uh, mascara removers that are specifically designed to, to break up some of that much more thicker waterproof mascara that you guys are using out there. Um, and it just takes a little bit of practice, perhaps, and a little bit of patience, maybe, to, to make sure that you have all of, those, um, all of that mascara off of the, of the, of the lashes before... Um, you really, you know, rub them heavily because it, it could, they could stick to anything. And then again, you, you know, you, before you know it, you're missing a clump of lashes. And and Amy was not so happy. I mean, a quarter of an inch piece, literally, of her eyelashes uh, came out with a big clump of mascara in her fingertips. I mean, in her hands. <sighs> and she was really freaked out. I mean, you know, uh, it was it was it was terrible. It was a terrible situation. And unfortunately, she got no help initially from the company. But that since has changed. So they. Uh, but the result of the whole problem that she had with her lashes uh, has resulted in a labeling change on the box of mascara. So I think that that's good overall for um, for consumers that there's a warning at least that you know you're going to have to be careful with this really sticky stuff, <laughs> and that's the key. Would you recommend that women remove their mascara every night before they reapply it? 
Well, absolutely, and especially if they're going to curl their lashes, right? Because if you use an eyelash curler and your mascara sticks to the curler, then, you know, by, by using that curler um, implement, you can, you can really rip out the lashes if you're not careful. So you really have to be careful um, using, making sure that your eyelashes are clean and that your, your eyelash curler is clean also before you go ahead and curl those lashes. Because that can stick to your lashes and pull your lashes out too. Yeah, yeah. If your if your lashes stick to your curler, then as soon as you move your curler away, boom! Before you know it, pow! You, you pulled out a clump of lashes. Not good. Boy, it's hard being a woman. <laughs> so I've there's heard. a lot we have. <laughs> there's a lot we have to take care of. And how bad are false eyelashes and eye ext- and lash extensions? Yes, well, it's the same, a similar problem. I mean, there's a lot of manipulation in that area going on, whether you're using a strip lash that's glued on. Um, the question is, well, how do you carefully remove that strip without pulling on your existing lashes? And if you're using eyelash extensions, obviously, as the lashes, your existing lashes grow longer, sometimes the eyelash extensions tend to fall off and they look kind of funny as, as it's growing out, and they need to be removed and then replaced. But here's the thing. If you, if you traumatize the follicle too often, too many times, the follicle will not produce an eyelash, just like on your scalp. Traction alopecia is the condition on the scalp. If you, if you continually braid or pull or wear hair extensions, you can kill the follicles on your scalp. Well, the same kind of consistent pulling of the eyelash out of the follicle, whether it be by accident or by, by trying to remove the extensions or strip lashes, if you do that repeatedly, your existing eyelash follicles will not perform as well as they used to, and then you're going to have a bigger problem. You're going to have permanent eyelash damage. And unfortunately, many of the eyelash extension professionals um, who are not certified, who don't do this on a regular basis, or you know, maybe they just slips their mind, they forget to tell you about that, uh, that you should maybe take a break from the extensions and the false lashes for a bit and give give your follicles a little bit of a break. Yes, I, I know some people wear, wear false eyelashes all the time. Yes. I imagine that's, that's, that's like wearing fake nails all the time. It, it's got to do some damage. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, hey, look, maybe it's better to leave them on than to take them on and off and on and off and on and off. I, you know, I'm not so sure about that, but, but definitely if you if whatever you're doing is pulling on your existing lashes, and they come out of the follicle. Like if you pull enough on your lashes and they come out, that's Ouch. that's trauma. That's trauma to the follicle, and the follicle can only take that so many times. Um, a lot of my patients that come to me for eyelash and eyebrow transplants are patients who have recovered from trichotillomania, which is a, a compulsive hair-pulling disease that affects usually young women, and they compulsively will pull on their eyelashes or eyebrows literally until there's no hair left to pull. I mean, and, and the follicles just eventually die from that. They don't grow back. So let's talk a little bit about eyelash transplants. Every woman wants uh, thicker, beautiful, healthier-looking lashes, and especially if you've lost your lashes, that can cause some problems too. A lot of dust gets in your eye. It's a big problem. So it's pretty so cool. Tell me a little... Tell us a little bit about the actual surgical aspect. Like, what? How do you do this? Yeah. So, eyelash surgery is a, a pretty comfortable procedure for the patient to undergo. Believe it or not, um, in terms of discomfort, there's really just a, a very, very tiny pinch of local anesthetic um, near the eye area, and just the tiniest little bit of an- anesthesia makes the entire 
um, eyelid numb. But first, we have to harvest the hair. So we do take hair from the back of the scalp where the follicles are, are healthy and good. And those follicles in the, in the area that we harvest um, are obviously permanently removed from that area. So we do have to permanently remove the follicle, some follicles from the back of the scalp. And those follicles are worked with by a team of technicians under the microscope to create the graft. So the grafts are as follows. There's the follicle itself, which is the part of the, 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 um, the hair that's under the skin and the organ that creates the hair. And the long hair is attached. So imagine this little tiny bit of skin, literally four to five millimeters deep, and this really long hair, maybe you know several inches long. That's the graft. And I have a technician that assists me in um, preparing the insertion needles. And the needles are just like old-fashioned surgical needles, essentially. They're very t- small and tiny, and they have a loop on or a hole, uh, an eye on one end, and they're sharp on the other. And the follicles are literally thread through that eye of the needle, and the hair is used as the thread. Once the oh, anesthesia wow. is in place in the eye in the eyelid area, the needle is then inserted into the lid about a few millimeters up uh, from the lid margin and then out through the lash line. So it's creating a little tunnel. And when you pull on the hair, eventually the follicle reaches the tunnel, goes in under the skin, and when you you have to stop at the exact point that the follicle is embedded under the skin right at the lash line. And it takes it's a little tricky, and it requires uh, a little deft and deftness and precision, I guess. Um, and there's a little trick to make sure the curl is going in the right way that I developed. And uh, once the follicle is in place, then you just trim the hair, and off you go. On to the next one. Is and the patient that awake? Yeah, patient's awake, maybe mildly sedated with some Valium. Soft music is playing. Mm-hmm. Patient's eyes are closed. They're leaning back in a, in a position, kind of reclining, and I'm working from behind uh, to Im- insert the lashes. And the technique that I developed, now with each stroke, we insert up to three eyelashes. So we're getting about 100 lashes on average into each eyelid. Now, sometimes less, sometimes more, but 70 to 100 is about the average eyelash transplant per eye these days. Really? Even yeah. if you have... So how many eyelashes does a person normally have? Yeah, so you're born with about 250, 200 to 250. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's usually like three rows, essentially. And um, over time, though, the lashes can get weak, it gets more sparse, and sometimes it's age, sometimes it's heredity. Um, Your eyelashes might be thin caliber to begin with, just like your scalp hair. Or they may be straight, they may be curly, um, they may be short, they may be long. Everybody's a little bit different. But the point is, is that um, if, God forbid, you have an accident or an injury and you've lost your eyelashes, the eyelash transplantation is the only way to restore living and growing hair into that area and look normal. And, you so know, the, you, you the remember, lash- Michelle, the, the, key, you know, the, the interesting part about eyelash transplantation is once the eyelashes are healed in that area, it takes about a week for the crusting and scabbing to go away, and then it takes about another three months or so for the lashes to start to kick in and grow. And they grow pretty darn fast much faster than your existing eyelashes, and they grow long. So eyelash transplants come with scissors. <laughs> yeah, you have to trim them. And so most women who have eyelash transplants are trimming their lashes just about every other week. So what's the maintenance? Trimming, curling? Yeah, so, I mean, you thought you had a lot to do before, right? I mean, manicures <laughs> yeah. and pedicures and all this business. Well, now you've got to trim, curl, tint, and perm your eyelash transplants. 
Well, not always. I mean, those are things that are optional. I mean, you know, we have women that grow the lashes so long, they start tickling their eyebrows. Oh, well, that's a little bit much, I think. Well, What's you're, the you're on the West Coast. You know, L.A.'s not too far from you, Michelle, so you know that well, things yeah, are Yeah, but I'm in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you're not San far Francisco, so yeah, but San Francisco's different than L.A. True. I don't see women walking around with eyelashes touching their eyebrows here. <laughs> so recovery time. Recovery time is about a week, so the crusting and the scabbing go away in about a week or so. Sometimes you get a little bit of bruising. Sometimes you get a little bit of swelling. But within one week, that's all completely resolved. You can't use um, mascara for two weeks. You can't use eye makeup for a couple of days. But you could use, okay. uh, if you have a little bit of a bruise, you, have, you could put on some makeup around the bruise area if you have that. But it's, it's, it's actually, uh, uh, the recovery is very, very quick, and it heals very beautifully. But if a woman comes in and she's mostly gray, how do you take a follicle that is going to have some pigment to it. Will you find one that has pigment or not, or how well, does that here's work? the thing. I mean, if you're, you know, what's interesting is that most men and women actually, you know, have this concern. Well, what's going to happen to my transplants over time? Are they going to turn gray? And the answer is, of course, they might. Um, but in the back of the scalp, usually you have a low percentage of gray compared to any other area on the scalp. It's actually it's the darkest, thickest, strongest, healthiest hair, and uh, and and pigment is usually pretty good. But yes, there is a risk that we put in dark, healthy hair follicles into the eyelid or eyebrow or anywhere where we do transplantation. And over time, they could get gray. They could, you could lose the pigmentation. You know, it's, it's not uncommon for regular eyelashes to turn gray. So it, it can happen. That's what mascara is for. Right. Or tinting. <laughs> as long as you're, right, as long as you're careful with mascara. Um, right, exactly, and, yeah. Re- rewind and play the first part. You know, you right, right, exactly. Um, and how long does this last? Is this is this permanent, or do they, I'm not going to use the word die off at some time, but is there a no. chance that they will fall out, or like what happens to them well, over well, time? The, the hair follicles from the back of the scalp are permanent, so they're going to live and grow forever wherever we put them. Now, remember, if you have eyelash damage from trichotillomania and all of a sudden your disease recurs, you know, then you, you, if you pull on your transplanted lashes, then you'll kill those too. And the same is true if you wear eyelash extensions or, or false eyelashes on top of the transplants. You're putting those transplants at risk. So you've got to be very careful not to traumatize the transplants. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you've, been through, you've been through the process, you've healed, you're growing, you're happy. You know, don't traumatize those lashes as well. But they will live and grow forever, so you, know, you always got to have those scissors handy. How long is the whole procedure? The procedure takes about an hour per eye. And I know I, I heard you say in one of your interviews that the eyelashes are the windows of the soul. And, and they are. I mean, it, it's, they make a huge difference. When I don't wear mascara, your eyes just don't pop anymore. Right, you, you look know, washed out, maybe even sick yeah, or tired. Out, yeah, yeah. But you're right. So when, if, if the eyes are the windows to the soul, the eyelashes are the window dressings. <laughs> I love that. So what does all this cost? What's the damage? Um, eyelash transplants are about eight thousand dollars for for the pair. And it's very important that individuals know who to choose when they're having hair transplant, right? What, well, what would be the words that you would leave us with? If you're thinking about yeah. hair transplant, so what are the questions if, you need to if ask? You're, if you've got hair loss on the scalp and you've noticed thinning or shedding going on and, you're, and you know you have some hair loss in the family or you know you're at risk, whether you're a man or a woman, or you're thinking about those eyelashes that we talked about or you've had some eyebrow loss, 
you need to find a hair transplant surgeon that does hair transplants on a full-time basis. You need to find someone who's board certified specifically in hair. The American Board of Hair Restoration Surgery has about 100 members worldwide, and there are about, a fifth, about 50 of us who are recommended by the American Hair Loss Association and accepted by the International Alliance of Hair Restoration Surgeons. So that's an elite group as well. And there's really only a small percentage of people that do FUE-style harvesting. That's minimally invasive, neograft-style harvesting. You know, if you see hair transplant on a long list of a menu items with your surgeon, that's definitely a red flag. You want to go to someone who does this day in and day out. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Bauman. Thanks again for listening to the Nip Tuck Talk Show. Please visit our Facebook page at Nip Tuck Talk Show as well as Nip Tuck Coach. You can email me at info at niptuckcoach.com. Please also visit us on Deep Body at www.deepbody.ca. And remember, you only have one face and one body, so please choose wisely. Thank you again, Dr. Bauman. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me on. It was great. Thank you. Look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you for listening to the Nip Tuck Talk Show with Michelle Garber. We hope you enjoyed our show. We want to hear from you. If you have questions, show suggestions, or comments, email Michelle at info at niptuckcoach.com or leave a message on our Facebook fan page at Nip Tuck Talk Show. To contact Michelle directly, call 415-494-7211. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Podbean. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends. Thanks again for listening to the Nip Tuck Talk Show, your plastic surgery connection. Be beautiful, not botched.